Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a podcast where we bring leaders from different domains in technology, product, sales, marketing, finance, etc. to share their insights in how to build and scale great companies. I'm Vani Kola, Managing Director of Kalari Capital and your host. Hello everyone. Welcome to this episode of Behind the Scenes. My name is Vani Kola, Managing Director of Kalari Capital. Today, it's my pleasure to welcome Sindhu Gangadharan, Senior VP and Managing Director of SAP Labs India. Welcome Sindhu, really appreciate you doing this uh, podcast with uh, Kalari and uh, you've had such a varied uh, uh, career and uh, leadership. I'm sure that there is plenty of uh, learnings, not only for our audience, but for me as well, but really glad you took this time. Thank you so much, uh, Vani, for having me on this podcast. And it's it's a great honor to be talking to you today. Sindhu, I, I know you've been a strong advocate of using technology as a means to, uh, of course, uh, do more for customers and do more for the society itself. So how do you see that in the context of emerging India opportunity to uh, build solutions, both from startup perspective, but also from large corporates perspective. Customer centricity, and if you ask me, uh, has always been at the core of every product experience and should be part of every product experience. And for us at SAP, it's also been one of our guiding principles when we take products to market, right? And if I just compare it to the story of the Indian ecosystem today, we are creating so many wow products, right? Across categories and also, I'm seeing absolutely categories and, and products being uh, created, which is redefining that whole customer experience, be it in the space of fintech or be it in the space of edtech. Uh, this, these are um, phenomenal to see that. And when I look at the enterprise technology space, uh, Vani, it's also looking very promising. We have a bunch of unicorns and rocket ships across the domains, be it of CRM, be it marketing, be it expense management, be it ad tech, um, all of this, right? Or even legal tech for that matter, you name it. Um, now, one key example, which also comes to my mind of a great example of a, of a startup who is pivoted, right? Based on customer experience and the need of the R uh, is one of the startups that we recently have been working with in our own startup studio, which is our startup accelerator program at SAP. And it's a startup called Tagbox. And um, they were primarily starting off in the IoT space and mainly focused on the whole space of um, supply chain optimization. Mm -hmm. Now, during our conversation with them, and this was um, in the initial days of the pandemic, we jointly explored options with them to to kind of expand the scope of their work to still leverage the same core technology that they that they were very passionate about, but to also incorporate a solution around social distancing and also employee tracking uh, within a facility, right? And the solution, again, like I said, leveraged the same core technology built on, on the business technology platform. But today it's now deployed across multiple enterprise customers, uh, be it um, a discrete or be it process manufacturing sector. So for me, this is a phenomenal transformation, right? Uh, where you're quickly able to also pivot based on the demands of your end customer. And I believe there are multiple factors which are contributing to this changing narrative um, in India. And because your question was also how I see this in the context of the Indian ecosystem, 
And if you see the digital adoption curve of the Indian uh, enterprises is clearly on an upward trajectory. There's no doubt about it, right? And if you just also look at um, this recent uh, Infosys Digital Radar report, they claim that the digital maturity among Indian enterprises has jumped to 55% as compared to 34% back in uh, 2018. And if you also look at the, the internet subscribers in the country, and you know it very well, um, I mean, what's on the north side of 750 million uh, internet subscribers, which is, again, giving us a huge opportunity uh, to move a majority of these users up the value chain. Yeah. And then what is also unique in India, I mean, we have, what, 63 million uh, MSMEs and kind of the impact that they can have uh, and yeah. the contribution to the GDP is huge, right? So... A lot of these factors contributing to that. Also, now you can see a lot of the tier two, tier three cities also coming and driving that kind of and being part of that uh, technology adoption. Um, another example that comes to my mind, if I may, Vilvani, is uh, we recently also leveraged uh, AI and ML for the good of the society, right? Because something which uh, I believe, depending on what is the need of the art, right? Um, and we were working with... Um, Tata Institute of Fundamental Research, as well as the Indian Institute of Science. And what we did is to kind of use technology to see how we can have a city scale epidemic simulator, which is nothing but an agent-based simulation model that allows you to come out uh, from lockdowns in an emerged uh, fashion, right? Uh, and again, these are great examples of how you use the same technology pivoted based on customer needs and experiences uh, and we'll see a lot of this and the ecosystem is absolutely supportive of this kind of transformation. But that brings a different question to my mind, uh, uh, Sindhu, the perpetual yin yang, you know, of innovation versus growth. And uh, what uh, frameworks or philosophies do you use or recommend on how to think about balancing innovation and growth? Yeah, I think we all know that... Um, growth hacking, right? I mean, this has been kind of the, how do you say, the entrepreneurial mantra, if you may will, and uh, this has kind of been the, the focus. Of course, this has resulted in great technology players in new industries. And it's also fueled the creation of this coming together of online content, commerce, and how we kind of live and learn and work across all this is also uh, driving a lot of that kind of change. But if you ask me from my own experience, it's always been rewarding when, when you focus and give back to, to your people, because I truly believe that when you invest in your people, they'll take care of your business naturally. And so I'm still um, slightly in favor of constantly innovating yourself as an organization by also investing in your talent pool, because at the end of the day, you can only get as good as your, um, as your people. And, uh, from also from a lot of my interactions with um, the startup founders, I've also learned that um, a lot of them, of course, reinvest their, their profits in, back into their people and their businesses because, of course, it helps them grow. So that's always been kind of the focus, which means that they don't just stagnate, which is super important for uh, their growth. And I always remember what uh, Satya Nadella said, right, when he took over as the CEO of Microsoft, he says, um, I mean, our industry respects innovation about anything else. So I guess um, that's something our founders can also take a cue from. But as we know, when it comes to business, uh, it's not always a one size fits all, right? That's never the case. And so I think it's better when we have this 
right balance of focusing on innovation, focusing on your people, because that's the, the kind of combination that's always going to be successful. So Sindhu, then let's talk about people in sort of your years of being a leader and leading many teams. What are two or three takeaways about people, whether it's managing, hiring, retaining, you know, what is things that have worked for you? Yeah, I think when you talk about people, first and foremost, you need to go a little more deeper into what is it that drives an individual, right? And if you are able to address that at the core of what is it that drives an individual and create an environment which is uh, also uh, helping that individual flourish, that is what is key, right? And what I mean is, as large organizations for us, and uh, particularly at SAP, it has always been important that we create an environment where every individual can bring their best self to the workplace. And this means behind the scenes, it's also working towards creating an inclusive environment where anybody, irrespective of their background, their uh, belief system or how, what has shaped them as an individual, once they come into this culture, they, they have the best platform in which they can kind of excel, they can kind of flourish, they can kind of grow, uh, they can give back uh, to, uh, to the organization. And I think that is front and foremost to identify what drives an individual and build a culture within an organization where that individual can thrive. And this is the only way I think uh, you can really get the best uh, for, for the individual as well as uh, for the organization. And this is, I think, a mantra that <laughs> I've always followed. And I'm so happy to be part of an organization where uh, this is also the basis of, of how we function. Easier said than done. There is no one out there that disagrees with the notion of equal opportunity, right? However, in actually delivering inclusive workplaces, uh, be that in a small company or a large company, mm -hmm. How do we actually make it happen? Um, you know, and, and not to bring gender into it, yeah. but uh, there's a lot around women at the top, but a lot of organizations uh, don't have a prescriptive way to how to make that happen. So there is an unconscious bias also to inclusivity. So how do you suggest workplaces truly create that inclusive workplace in every, in every aspect? Yeah, that's, I mean, this is a, a important question and it's also a subject that's very close to my heart. And uh, if you ask me, fundamentally, I think we're all in agreement that diversity makes us smarter, makes not just us, but our organization smarter, society is smarter. When you take in diverse views and kind of are able to incorporate, um, kind of um, um, bringing in those perspectives, we're always taking the best decisions. So I think... Again, going back to my point, right, as long as we are able to foster and strive towards building that kind of an inclusive work environment uh, where every individual is empowered, irrespective of their gender or background, uh, but to be the best version of themselves, right, and to be able to contribute uh, to this great tech revolution that's also happening. And um, I think that's important. So for me, I think at this point in time, this whole topic of diversity and inclusion are no, no longer this what you write on paper. It's, it's a topic that is of the highest importance in pretty much every boardroom in, in, across industries, not just in the tech industry, because a lot of organizations have realized that, hey, come on, I mean, I don't want to be left behind because of the fact that I'm just so 
focused on maybe one culture or whatever it is, right? And I want to have be able to access also a deeper talent pool who has diverse experience. And it's also scientifically proven, like we've said. And so to your question on, on uh, equal opportunity, Vani, I, I think an equal opportunity means that there is no bias, right? In whatsoever way we treat an individual, uh, the opportunities we give them, the respect we give them at work, uh, because as long as the person is doing a great job, why should there be any reason to not give them an equal opportunity to be to success or, or whatever it is that they want, right? But at the same time, you're right. If you just look at it even purely from the in the in the tech industry itself, the number of men do outnumber women uh, even in tech, but also, of course, in other industries too. And you'd wonder why, right? Because in India, what we have the highest number of STEM graduates, I'm even. 43% uh, if you uh, if the numbers are right and it's even higher than any country including US and UK as well right but the number of women who then take on stem jobs in India is less than one third of this number and there are several factors that contribute to this gender gap um, I think uh, fun fundamentally there is also still limited access to quality education particularly also for um, girls also the lack of equal opportunities in the workplace so there's still a lot of homework to be done no doubt about it to also increase uh, and create the awareness at a much earlier on stage counseling at schools colleges can absolutely positively shape those career choices for young women and I, if I can also add, I think a lot and the change also happens right at home. I mean, can I just reflect on my own self? I didn't know this was like a big thing back then growing up, but I can say that very confidently today that I was very fortunate to be raised by very strong parents who had the same expectations uh, towards me as they had to uh, to both my brothers. And, and back then that was taken for granted, but now, all these years and after talking to so many people in the industry with individuals, uh, people I mentor, I realized that was such a privilege to have that, right? And so I'd encourage that we have this um, and, and a lot of this value systems need to happen right at the beginning so that we can really clip the gap um, right at the beginning itself. And of course, to your point about bringing that back into an organizational context, of course, it is... Um, we can't just have the owners on the individual. We have to create those, uh, like I said, um, environment for also women to pursue uh, their dreams and chase their um, uh, career goals, just like any of the other counterparts. And it just, it's just not only about gender, right? Again, I'd like to come back to SAP. We, have, we, we pride ourselves in calling uh, ourselves an, an equal opportunity organization. And of course, uh, I can reflect back on my own career journey, but also it, it goes way beyond gender, right? We, we are a very strong supporter of the LGBTQ community and a significant were, were part of our workforce globally is also uh, part of this spectrum. And so when we talk about equal opportunities, it absolutely goes way beyond uh, gender. It goes down to uh, equal work, equal pay policies as well. I know you have a program also to bring uh, on board people from different abilities and yes. uh, handicaps. Yeah, we were the pioneers uh, back in uh, 2013. We started the Autism at Work program right here in India, by the way. And now today it's a global program across and many of the other uh, leading tech companies are learning from us how to set this up in their own organizations as well. No? Yes. So switching back to technology for a minute, 
what are some technologies that are you are very excited about potential to create great impact over the next decade if we look ahead yeah. right what is something that you are betting big on or or would advise startups to bet big on yeah i think uh, currently it's it's beautiful for somebody in tech right because there's so many technologies that um, that that's super interesting and uh, all of us are also closely observing if you'd ask me to pick uh, two one i think two which absolutely is a phenomenally um Ha- could have a brilliant impact and is also having an impact i'd say first and foremost would would be the whole area of intelligent process automation of course maybe uh, i come with uh, with my process view on things being uh, with sap as well but it's this whole convergence of ai big data machine learning really allowing for bots to be highly contextual right it's not just about automation anymore but being contextual and also offering those very fast learning models for quicker automation outputs uh, i think that that's at the crux of so many things that uh, uh, we want to drive and we are driving as well and the adoption of automation and we know that it's happening all around us is significantly expected to grow uh, so i truly believe an investment in intelligent process automation uh it will clearly reach the predicted numbers right so the markets are predicting what 232 billion dollars by 2025 so that's that's huge the second thing uh, again if you just look at the changing realities around us is the whole uh, space of tactile virtual reality uh because in this world and also now given the way we are all uh, adapted to also working remotely but also um where you just see that the um, the whole uh, gravity is shifting towards virtual buying experience right the whole topic of virtual reality is is phenomenal and uh, again if you kind of expand into the context of uh, tactile virtual reality because touch also gives you a better understanding of of the things that you cannot fully experience right by just sight or by by hearing and this is where tactile virtual reality can come into play and it's really combining the use of several types of technology so i'll see a lot of these uh bringing together of technologies be it sensors advanced optics etc all bundled together into the single device that can give you that capability to overlay this kind of an augmented digital content uh, into your, your real time space so this is i think absolutely fascinating areas and something that i'm pretty sure we are going to see a lot of and uh, definitely smart founders of their out there should definitely be looking into more uh, closely how do we keep it up keep up with all this is the bigger question i think for all of us uh, with so much happening and uh, sindhu you know you are such a successful leader and you are a role model to many many people so i want to ask you this what's advice that you received that you have cherished and what advice would you pass on yeah i think um the first and foremost uh, to your own self right continue to drive uh, on those areas that you're truly passionate about because i think that's that's um, doesn't matter what colors change around you or how the climate is changing as long as you're focused on on working with what drives you as an individual i told you at the beginning as well this is also um what large organizations like ours really tapping into what drives that individual and for yourself as well as long as you find that space and environment and the ecosystem that helps you to do that 
just make sure that you 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 stick to that and also use that to your advantage and when you ask me about <laughs> advice to 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 founders right i think again it goes back to my people point i'd say really first and foremost hire well because um, when you hire good people around you you know that you can grow because you have a lot of ideas you have a lot of drive but you need to have the right team who can then take it forward because otherwise you'll never scale if you become kind of the bottleneck what's the point in having brilliant ideas but you don't know how to execute upon them and that's why first and foremost i'd say hire even if it's a sm small team just hire the right team you'll see that that's that's going to help you phenomenally the second thing um, again as a if, if beat uh, when you're starting small or if in large organizations like us when we talk about investment capacity right we're looking at the nature of the customer so really acquiring also those um, bigger customers and chase the big numbers right from day one because you know once you've made those bigger deals then you know how to crack the other ones right so because the big ones will come with a lot of pain and um, energy that you need to spend but once you do that you once you understand hey how business models are going to work what what works with the customer even if you pick a, a targeted space um, that's how you you kind of then incrementally increase. Then you pick the pick up the pace, right? So that's the third thing. How do you pick up the pace? And also giving yourself those um, specific timelines for certain achievements and actions really helps all of us stay focused, right? And and also driven. Uh, of course, yes, you're here for the the longer marathon, but those shorter sprints in order to get there is is really important. And being stay staying focused on on those shorter sprints and delivering upon it, right? Very important. And fourth and most, I think, critical. Why why are we here? Because we want to provide value to our customers. So never underestimate the power of offering a solution like i mentioned at the beginning when you're able to quickly pivot use the same technology but finally it's about value at that time for your customer right and as long as you're offering value um, then i think um, all other problems kind of fall into place because it's uh, you're really adding a differentiating capability which will um, bring joy to your customers and that's what gives you a fun ride too and last and again i'll come back to also the the people aspect it's important that we create an amazing work culture because it's like i said i want to end also with the people aspect when you bring uh, people together and create that beautiful culture and people um, kind of own also their topics that's when the magic happens and so give your team uh, wings to fly and you will be absolutely surprised with the outcomes that you will see you know, this was really a very valuable fascinating insightful conversation really appreciate you sharing so generously from your learnings and experiences